Hi there, I'm Alicia Rubin, and you're listening to Beauty Tap's Luminary Spotlight podcast, where I have intimate conversations with powerhouses of the beauty industry, including brand founders, CEOs, and medical doctors about the businesses, products, treatments, and innovations making noise. Delighted you're joining us. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Beauty Tap's Luminary Spotlight. We are so honored today to have with us Annie Jackson, who is the co-founder and COO of Credo, which is a phenomenally successful and game-changing pioneering beauty destination, both digitally and in store with many new stores opening. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's so great to see you. You too. I think we last saw each other at your Larchmont store opening, which was great. And what a beautiful shop and great location. Thank you. Yes, it's a great neighborhood. Um, We have been really wanting to be on that street for some time. So super excited to have opened that store and more stores to come in LA, which is long overdue. Yes. And that's one of my questions that we'll get to. So thank you. A little teaser there. Let's get right into it. And, uh, you know, we could chat for hours because I'm so fascinated by your history and your story and your career in beauty. You have such a storied career from Estee Lauder and the team that launched Sephora in the U.S. What were some of your most meaningful takeaways working for those two changing brands? Oh my gosh, so many. I think being able to grow up at Estee Lauder, I started there when I was 19, provided such an incredible foundation in just being at a very structured company. And, you know, I was young, so it was great to be able to have that kind of experience to draw from. I think back on that company in my career, honestly, almost every day because it was, you know, it was very exciting to be there. And I had different roles there. I was both in the field and in the New York headquarters. And so I think, I mean, it was just like kind of right place, right time, total gift of a job. And then at Sephora, you know, I think that's where I really tapped into the idea that I, um, you know, had an entrepreneur's spirit, but I really, I, I definitely noticed when we went away from kind of the scrappy small team, like everybody doing 10,000 things and figuring things out and started migrating more towards like a corporate organization. I always have a joke that like, as soon as you start naming conference rooms and like booking conference rooms on a laptop, it's just not fun anymore. So I really realized at that point, like I had this, like, that was the part in me that I liked to feed every day. And I I love the challenge of really not knowing what the next day is going to bring. Variety is the spice of life, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, It's cliche, but so true. I relish it. I like having a million things to do. So I get it. Such great stepping stones, you know, and yes, what a wealth of incredible experience you had at those two brands. And and now you're a game changer yourself, just like the two brands that you worked with. Since Credo is the leading destination for clean beauty. When you think of shopping for clean beauty, at least I know I do, I think of Credo and the Credo Clean Standard. How has clean beauty evolved over the last five years? And and what does it mean to truly be clean today? Because there are so many variations on it. And I think that consumers get confused. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny because we have always been a clean beauty retailer from day one. We have always clearly defined it from day one. And I like to say that because I know that there is a lot of confusion out there in the space. I think the great thing about what's going on out there in the world is more retailers are establishing chemicals of concern lists or restricted substance lists and more retailers are committed to putting safer products on their shelves. And I think that's amazing. And it runs the gamut of, you know, what their criteria is and if they even say what it is really. But, you know, Credo, this is all we do. We're not carving out an aisle for clean beauty amongst a sea of conventional brands. This is what we do. And for us, it has been since day one, always the intersection of safety, sustainability, ethics, and being very transparent about all of those things. And this could mean like ingredients, the manufacturing process, the beauty product itself, the packaging, and it's changed a lot. But what hasn't changed is how we approach clean beauty and the brands that we look for. So we established our clean standard a couple of years after we started the company and because we had started really just with a restricted substance list. And it was so interesting because what we heard from our consumer loud and clear from day one was the packaging, not so much the the ingredients. And that's when we realized, you know, to continue to evolve and continue to be a trailblazer impacting positive change, which is what our mission is, is we needed to create a standard that encompassed things like packaging, like backing up labeling claims like working with contract manufacturers that are uh, GMP certified, all of those things. So the brands that we worked with had a North Star to follow and kind of a, you know, something that was operationalized and allowed us to really not only, you know, kind of uh, define our ethos, but it gave us something to work with our brand partners about in a very opaque supply chain and really, you know, ask the hard questions and continue to kind of push the industry forward. It must feel very gratifying to have really, you know, truly pioneered this because it's true. It's funny to even go into the local drug stores and see how many mass brands now have their clean beauty versions and to have been a part of that and pioneered that and making such positive change in the industry and for human beings and the planet. It's a wonderful achievement. Thank you. I mean, it's incredibly rewarding because I think, you know, we recently hired a CEO. His name is Stu Miller and he's been with us over a year now. And I said to him, like, there's so many incredibly rewarding parts about what we're doing here. But I think the probably if I had to choose the best is all of these entrepreneurs in these brand brand founders that we get to collaborate and talk to every day. If you think about it, we have 120-ish brands right now. That means 120-ish awesome entrepreneurs and founders that you know really have pretty inspirational stories. They have really interesting ideas about how to continue to be making impacts in sustainability, in ingredient safety. And also they all collaborate with very interesting people. And so this ecosystem that's out there is incredibly rewarding. And I would say also we've all been together like a decade now. It's like crazy that the time has gone by this fast, but to see them grow and to see them, you know, honestly seeing success and gaining notoriety, adding people to their team, that's incredibly gratifying. Oh, yeah. So rewarding. And you 
are learning so much from each other. The brands yeah. are learning from you and you're learning from the brands. Yeah. What more could you ask for? Yeah. And we've really become friends, you know, like there's a large amount of people in our, in our brand community that I consider friends, you know, trusted, confident. I think clean beauty has taken its licks the last couple of years. There has been a lot of, you know, negative backlash about clean beauty. And, and when our, you know, when we get down or have bad days, we lean on each other because we look at the backlash as probably more so directed at green washers, which we don't think is cool either. And it's probably directed at um, people that use fear to elicit product sales. That's not okay either. But I, I, you know, we constantly remind one another, we are doing the hard work authentically and we are sourcing uh, better alternatives. I think I'll give you like a good example of that is at Credo, we allow dimethicone and it's not the greatest clean ingredient, but the way that we approach things is, you know, we assess human health, we assess the planet's health. We're like, it's not great, but what we do want our brand founders to know, and we work very closely on this is, yeah, you can use it, but do we want you to consider other options and keep pushing for different materials and ingredients? Yeah. It's like, just because we allow it. And so those are the kind of conversations that we're having together. And so much has changed since we started this. It's so interesting that you mentioned dimethicone. I'll give you a quick story you'll appreciate. I was at a launch for a new doctor skincare brand last week and the cream, it's just a, a two skew product line. It's not even really a line yet, but it, it, I guess it is. And dimethicone was one of the top ingredients. And I emailed them and said, I have to ask, because there's so much that you hear about dimethicone. I'd love to hear the doctor's feedback on this. And an MD who did tremendous research and clinical trials. And they said, you know, actually we like dimethicone for skin. We understand that there are some things that people don't like about it, but they perfectly lined out why it's in there, you know, how it's been a very helpful ingredient for scar treatment and an occlusive. And, you know, and they really shared a nice reasoning why that they did that research in advance. So I'm happy to hear too, after hearing that from them, that you allow it because it did open my eyes up and I'm glad I asked them. They said, Oh, no one's asked us that. And I said, well, I'm one of those journalists that does the deep dive and I'm an ingredient junkie. Yeah. And a lot of people tout that they don't have dimethicone in their products. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head because there is a lot of complexity to ingredients and the supply chain. And, you know, there's and historically not a lot of transparency around beauty. And I think that, there's misinformation out there and it's hard in, in the world that we live in today with everything being social media and things being conveyed, maybe in just an image or a soundbite to get across like a proper explanation of things, you know, dimethicone, as you, you heard, we believe correctly is really doesn't pose a risk to human health, environmental health. It's, you know, we've learned it's not great for waterways and it's persistent in the environment. That's not awesome. But, you know, we try to approach everything with just kind of very, it's it's a balance because I think you've got brand founders rolling up their sleeves, making hard decisions, spending more money on ingredients that are a little bit more challenging to use because it's easier to formulate in conventional and cheaper. 
I mean, if we could do that in a, in a way that was healthy for humans and the planet, we would just keep doing that. We wouldn't have to change it, but we know more now. And I think what these brand founders are doing, if you're authentically in clean beauty, you're continuing to ask these hard questions. Like, yeah, dimethicone on the scale of ingredients isn't the best. It's not the worst, but is there anything out there that anyone's developed that's better? And having those conversations with formulators and chemists and labs is really, really positive to do that. What a great motivator for the labs and the chemists to come up with the clean version, the the ultra, ultra clean version of dimethicone. I mean, we're going to see it at some point, right? (laughs) Given what we're seeing technology wise. Of course. And that's really like for us this year, that's really our focus is around the, the crazy thing about ingredients out there today is we've stated the ingredients that we feel are not authorized or okay to be in any products at Credo. And we, we state the reason why the reality is out there in the world of all the chemicals used in beauty products today, many of them are not assessed for safety at all. And so a lack of data doesn't mean, oh, green light, let's put this stuff on the market and just use it. That's just like putting your blinders on. And so for us, uh, that is really where we're digging into that big body of work and starting to actually do hazard assessment for ingredients that have no data. And where, what do we find out about that? It might find out that we're like, you know, oh no, this ingredient that we have at Credo needs to be eliminated from the store. But that's all part of the hard work of, you know, doing what we do. Absolutely. And and that the brands need to do as well. Clean beauty, the space has grown tremendously. You've obviously seen it in the last 10 years. It's much more competitive today. What do you look for in brands for Credo? And what makes a brand stand out? What impresses you? You know, in other words, how does a clean brand become a Credo partner? Yeah, it's honestly really, really hard and even harder now because the reason it's harder now is because we're really uh, reducing our assortment down. So that's, that's number one. Number two is it is like at a baseline and I would have answered this sitting in my Sephora chair, however many years ago, point of difference. Like if as a merchant, you're like, Ooh, that's interesting. It's really hard to do. I'm sure you guys know you guys shop and you, you see like different variations of kind of the same thing, or at least you think so, because it's not, it's not really shouting at you as a unique point of difference. So that's number one. And then number two is really having an interesting point of view on clean and sustainability and innovation in those two areas, because like, we're looking for true thought partners that are really invested in the space and not just like, Oh, I hit the credo clean standard. We're good. Right. That's not really like a lot of people are doing that now. And so what we, what we're really looking for are partners uh, in the space that are like, I found this material and, you know, it's like nothing on the market today and it's from X, Y, Z and it is 10 times more sustainable than PCR. Like that's what we're looking at in terms of partners. And so it's hard to find. Innovation. So if if someone comes through the door and they've met all your basic requirements, but there's something in the innovation space that really wows you, perhaps that will grab your attention. Yeah. Do celebrity attachments or a celebrity founded brand help as well, you know, provided that they obviously have met all the other Credo Clean Beauty standards? 
just because in of itself, it can help promotionally, you know, get the word out more times than others when there's a celebrity attached. It's kind of like the brand founders themselves. Like if there's alignment, totally. Um, A good example is um, Henry Rose and Michelle Pfeiffer. Like she went to a lot of hard work, like legitimately like rolled up her own sleeves and really um, did something that is, was groundbreaking in fragrance totally full stop first one to do it and I think those are the kinds of alignment that we're looking for in terms of founders of brands you know in our community the founders are the celebrities I mean we have personal appearances with some brand founders and they're so inspirational to customers that we have these lines out the door waiting to meet this person you know as if Jennifer Lopez was in our store and so I think that part is very fun because if it's a lot of hard work to create a brand and it's time consuming it's very expensive and so for them to see that kind of recognition is really meaningful but on the celebrity front like we really we would never choose a brand first of all just because a celebrity is behind it. We really like, like anyone, we look for alignment and values. I love Michelle's brand too. And I have some of her fragrances. I get it and then do appreciate it. So again, with her, the authenticity is really there is what you're saying. The fact that she really dug in. How do you engage and excite customers today? I mean, there's, there's more freestanding beauty retailers like you, the department stores have gotten more aggressive. What's Credo's strategy with regards to that exciting and engaging and getting them to come into the store? Yeah, well, right now we only have 12 stores, so more stores for sure. I mean, if you think about how geography even has shifted in COVID, just getting more physical stores out there. And I think there's a real appetite to get back into physical retail again after COVID. And a real, I think customers' mindsets are very much focused on health and safety of products. So that's incredible. But I also think that we are, like I said, almost 10 years old now, and we know our customer base very well. So um, having them evangelize on our behalf and acquire more customers is really something we've been tapping into So, you know, there are a community of believers and people that really want to invest in these brands doing better. So really like tapping into that community is our biggest focus. Yeah, it's interesting because you go into these stores and sometimes it's like a party. You know, there's there's really a joy, joyful feeling. I've been in Credo many times when I felt that a playfulness, a community. And yeah. I'm sure that's, you know, partially, you know, word of mouth, obviously, your devoted customer base, and then also the staff that you have, that you've hired, you know, to make it fun, make it enjoyable, make it an event to come into the store. Yeah, yeah, we look for people that are really, you know, enthusiastic about clean beauty, and that are, you know, love nerding out on ingredients. We uh, look for estheticians and makeup artists, because, I think we still live in an age where, you know, clean beauty might be viewed as the same as, you know, just from the outside of as like natural beauty or kind of, you know, more crunchy or hippie or something. But, you know, it's really not like I love, you know, Shashi, who I co-founded Credo with, always used to say these brand founders are the Estee Lauders of their generation. And I find that so aspirational because, you know, that brand means a lot to us personally, but also 
you know, if Estee Lauder were to create a brand today, knowing what she would know today, she would do it very differently. And I think that is very aspirational because it's this new generation of founders that I think, you know, I've got a 21 year old daughter that like clean beauty is just what she expects. Sustainability is what she expects. What she wants is performance, price friendliness, a cool founder that's authentic and not a BSer. And, you know, the list goes on and on. And so that's a very discerning customer. And so, you know, like I always say, whether I'm talking to a more conventional contract manufacturer or just the conventional brand community in general, this is not going away. This is, you know, this is where the industry is headed and you're either on board and you've got a plan to start making changes or you better be prepared to start losing some market share. Big time. I love how educated the consumer has become. It really is incredible, even in the last five years. And, and they're demanding it. And brands, like you said, have to live up to it or leave the market. That's exactly leave right. I mean, it's, it's not just us. It's we're meeting the customer where they are and they're voting with their dollars. And this is what they demand. Yes, more than ever. I have a 15-year-old and I'm she's aware of clean beauty. She's aware of, you know, ingredients because she sees me checking and she'll be in a store and pull something and say, mom, is this okay? She's still, you know, because she gets seduced by TikTok, still wanting certain things that are not clean. And I'll say, oh my gosh, that cleanser. No, it's horrible. Like all the derms that I talk to, you know, there's some that support it, but so many who don't, you know, you cannot use that. We have five cleansers here in the house clean and great, you know, given that I'm in this world, I have access to a lot of products that she's becoming aware, more aware and is concerned about ingredients. We have a little ways to go again, because the seduction is so powerful talk, but I like that she comes to me and asks me to check the ingredients. Um, yeah. Next step is that. for her to recognize the ingredients that are no-nos on her own. Oh yeah. And you know, she will. For those who are dreaming of launching their own clean beauty brands, what is, I know you have a lot of advice, but what is some just top line advice you can share? I would think that the first thing I would say is hire a chemist. And and that sounds very scary and daunting, but it actually, I, you can hire a chemist just to review what you're endeavoring to do, or even like early submissions that you're working on with a contract manufacturer. But I would say that's kind of key because typically what we find is brand founders, the the beauty of our community are these brand founders that maybe don't necessarily come from beauty. Even if they do come from beauty, they're usually, you know, business development people or sales people or someone that was inspired to create their own brand, kind of knowing how the industry works. But I would say oftentimes they're told, oh yeah, this is credo compliant or yeah, this, this has everything that's good for you in it. And they just accept that. And I would say that this is your brand and this is your responsibility to make sure it fits exactly what you want. Don't take anybody's word for it. And you can pay a chemist a nominal fee to assess, you know, does this really have any, everything I want in it? Is there anything questionable in this product from a chemist point of view? Is the ingredients that we're sourcing here bioavailable, like with, with abundance? Or am, I, am I doing anything, even though this is a natural ingredient to deplete a natural ingredient source in a negative way? Like all those questions, you know, if you're not from that background specifically, 
you should outsource um, expertise there. Excellent advice. I, I can't imagine not working with a chemist if I were to endeavor in this. But yes, people just think, oh, I'm going to wing it and slap my name on something. But yes, uh, a chemist. Well, they is think crucial. that's why they have the contract manufacturer. And, you know, it, it, I'm not saying anything about contract manufacturers that's negative in any way. It's just you need to have someone that you have employed to do what you want to make sure you're trying to do. And it's like, we've seen so many times, we have had so many conversations with brand founders that come to us very excited. I created this product, it's Credo Clean. And we're like, actually, it's not, I'm sorry, it isn't. And I, the, the, just the, devastation they feel is it's a real bummer so back to the drawing board but you know better late than never that you shared that with them at the time and they can at least go back and make those changes you know hopefully word of mouth is so key what's the role that customer reviews play for the brands that you carry Oh, huge. I mean, uh, reviews and beauty in general are huge and really anything these days. I do think, like you said earlier, customers are very savvy and everyone's so comfortable shopping online now. It's so easy to, I read, I read reviews on everything I buy. And so, and I'm a really lazy shopper. So I get very swept up and like, that looks cute on Instagram. And the minute you start reading the comments, you're like, oh God, (laughs) that's terrible. So I think they're hugely important. Absolutely. Credo's revered for being a strong partner for beauty brands. You know, you really help elevate your brands. How does a brand position themselves for success at Credo? Well, I think... It really simply like an open-mindedness to try new things. You know, we're not, we're still fairly new and we're growing and we like to try a lot of different things. And if, you know, you have a, I think a pretty rigid point of view on how you want to run your business and you're not willing to collaborate and be open-minded, it's going to be a really hard relationship with us or with any retailer. But I think we like to try a lot of different things. You know, sometimes if events aren't working in certain markets, we might go outside of Credo and who wants to join us? And, you know, maybe we want to create some sort of interesting activation somewhere else entirely. And I think our entire brand community uh, where we've seen a lot of success are people that are just kind of down for anything, you know? And, and I think we also like, we truly treat them as 50, 50 partners. Like we are, we are flying this plane together we are in it together. You're you're going through hard times and you're experiencing maybe something not so positive. We got your back. Like we're with you on this and hopefully vice versa. And that's probably the best, richest relationships that we have. It's not all, we don't have everything all figured out like perfectly and it's cookie cutter at all. Let's figure it out together. That's exactly. again, goes back to learning from each other, which again, why your role and your colleagues uh, is so rewarding is that there's so much to learn from the brands as well. While the brands are learning from you, you're learning from them. You recently opened your your newest Credo store as we discussed on Larchmont and congrats again. Thank you. Are you able to share anything about upcoming Credo openings, whether in Los Angeles or other cities, any teasers? Yeah, we do have, uh, let's see, two more in Los Angeles and one more in Seattle coming up. 
And we should have a few more after that this year. So, you know, we, um, I was just talking to a brand about this earlier today, that when we first opened Credo, we went kind of across the country, made our lives really hard. But I, I can't say that if I'd go back in time, I would do it any different. We wanted to really get a foothold in every major market as fast as we could. So, but it did make it quite challenging for us and our brand founders, because imagine you had one store in San Francisco, one store in New York, one store in Chicago. I mean, it is you're asking someone to kind of traverse the country, but at the same time, you know, we, we didn't see really any other way because we really wanted to get on those high streets as soon as possible, but now we're starting to cluster around those locations. And so that's really exciting. The ramp up goes much faster you know, you're hiring a team that knows who Credo is. They've heard of you. Customers know who you are. So that's really our focus for the next few years. I went to your third street store early on, and it's uh, really exciting to see having been at third street early in its birth and then going to Larchmont and, and just seeing how you've grown, how the yeah. merchandising, the products, the design, you know, is elevated and evolves. Yes, it does. I mean, things have changed so much out there in the product development space and in brands. I think I'd have to totally guess today, but when we first opened Fillmore, that was our first store in San Francisco and Pack Heights. We had about 60 brands and um, now we have double that. And I think of those original 60, I don't know, Fitz, you're probably a good guesser with me along with it. At this point, maybe 20-ish. I found the original press release the other day from Brooklyn, I think. And I was surprised. It was more than I initially thought, but I'd say, yeah, 15, 20. Yeah, changed now, a lot. Now, I loved your Clean Beauty Summit, the LA one I was at in 2022. And again, kudos to Jessica and the team. They did a phenomenal job. It was just well-organized, well-attended, incredible brands. I learned a lot any other clean beauty summits uh, that you're tinkering on for the next year or two ahead? I think our team might quit. If I, <laughs> I got it. No, I'm joking. Um, I think we right now we kind of left it that we do one every other year um, and, and move the cities around. So we haven't really landed the plane on 2024 and um, what we would do, but we would love to do it. I think the one that we did in LA was awesome and we would love to do it again. I just, it was a tremendous amount of work <laughs> along with all the stores that were opening. Oh yeah, it was a beast. But again, knowing behind the scenes, I'm sure it's always, you know, a nail biter. It was pretty seamless. So yeah. It, it did go off very well. Is there anything you can share at all about how you're using data to inform both your digital and retail strategies? You know, right now we are actually still, you know, we did a Foline acquisition recently and acquired, you know, a very vibrant community of customers that loved what Tara did and the beautiful community she created in Clean Beauty, primarily on the East Coast. And so that entire community of customers has come into ours. And so, you know, continuing to just like get to know our customer better and really dig into her and their, I should say, shopping habits, interests, other wellness brands they might like, and really using that to kind of build not more of a lifestyle brand of products for Credo. Right now, we're really more in the skincare and makeup. That's the lion's share of our business. But if you think about people that are interested in clean beauty, Typically, 
it's every aspect of their life. You know, these are the decisions that they're making. So just really being very, very customer centric and pulling apart every little bit of data that we have on them. And, you know, in beauty, it's pretty fun to do because through quizzes online and actually our customers love talking to us. So even actually just doing surveys through email, the information that we get in order to bring what they're looking for from us to, to, you know, the stores where they're living is just been what we've done from day one. That's helpful to know, you know, especially for those watching who, you know, again, are eager to create their own brand. It's summer, so we don't have to go simply summer, but in general, what are a couple of your daily go-to products right now? And you don't have to uh, name brands because, you know, I know some other brands within Creed only say, hey, why didn't you mention me? <laughs> oh, no, it's you want. <laughs> but um, whether you want to mention them or just mention like certain products that are your go-tos. Uh, yes. Let's see. So, I mean, I use 11, the sun serum is one of my favorite products, the most beautiful formula. And it happens to be our product. And we created that along with Venus Williams. So that was a really fun project. I also am loving Iris and Romeo's weekend skin. It's such a beautiful product. Let's see. Excess mascara is one that is one of my favorites. Osea, uh, I could go on and on and on. Osea's anti-aging body balm is my desert island fave of all time. True Botanicals, uh, the cream face wash, and I'm blanking on the name, but the scent is so gorgeous. So those are some of my tried and true, you know, I'm a merchant, so I'm constantly trying products. So sometimes I'm like, God, I just have this, this rotation of products, but those are the ones I always come back to. Beautiful products. I know them all well. Eleven, is that considered one of your house brands at Credo? Yes, yes. So we have three house brands. We have Eleven, uh, we have Exa, which is inclusive makeup brand, and then we have Foline skincare products. Uh, that was the acquisition. Yep, exactly. Yes. Tara Foley had created a really beautiful skincare brand that we acquired um, along with the Foleyne business. And um, it's been incredible to continue to grow that brand. And is this something that you will grow for Credo House Brands? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, whether that's through acquisition of brand, of smaller brands or incubating our own, you know, we're a retailer so we've got our own little laboratory and we're able to like continue talking to customers and hearing what they're looking for, talking to our staff. So it's an awesome opportunity. It definitely is. I mean, you're, it's, you know, competitive. And since you're getting all this wonderful feedback, you can find those white spaces too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, Annie. This is such a treat today to speak with you. Uh, I really appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for listening and for Annie Jackson joining us today for Beauty Tap's Luminary Spotlight. Uh, so much to learn. And for all of you out there, if you see a credo in your neighborhood, hop in because it is a very joy-filled experience. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining Beauty Tap's Luminary Spotlight podcast. Stay tuned for our next chat with beauty industry thought leaders driving innovation. Find us at beautytap.com and follow Beauty Tap on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Beauty Tap Official. See you next time.